0: Thank you for listening to the Redemption Church Podcast. information about Redemption Church, please visit redemptionokc.com. You can stay up to date on sermons by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.
1: Well, you guys, if you've been around a little while, if you're new, you may not know this, but if you've been here since the beginning of the year, we started this year off with a series called You Can Understand the Bible. And that was a really in-depth series to wanted you to understand that you can understand the Bible. That, that's the whole heart behind it. We wanted you to know that the Bible is not just something that a preacher reads and comes and tries to break down for you on Sunday, but that we really want you to get in the Word. We think it changes... Your, your life, if you learn to depend on it, if you learn to walk with the Lord, if you learn to seek him in prayer, if you learn to really devote yourself to him, that it will change your life. And so we wanted to put it in your hands and we've uh, preached on that for a couple weeks. We put some tools out there for you. We gave you some reading plans and, and kind of called you to that. And we're kind of coming to the point now where we're halfway through the school year and it seemed to be a good time to just kind of remind you of that, to remind you that God's word is a gift that's a treasure that, that grows us up in, uh, in, in faith. And in the middle of that, we, we wanted to let you know too, I just a thought about it, kind of the time of year we're in. We're heading back to school. You kids are heading back to school. Moms, you, your kids are going to be tired going back to school. Uh, those of us that are just in the normal grind of work, we, some of us have taken summer vacations, you kind of pull back. But I mean, we're about to hit the normal, so it's a good time just to remind yourself that and getting in the Word and, and filling your tank so you've got something to live out of and something to give in, in terms of your life, that you're not empty or not running on empty all the time. It's, it's a good time to do that. But man, honestly, like you don't need a new time of year to get in the Word. You need that every day. Every single day, we need to be filled up. We need to run to the Word and we need to trust it, depend on it, build our lives upon it. Um, but we're also in this series of Proverbs. And, you know, the first time for my own, in my own journey, I started reading the Bible on a daily basis and regularly going and having a devotional or a quiet time or time with the Lord or uh, whatever it is, whatever title you want to put on that thing where you go and you set aside time and say, I'm going to try to have time with just me and the Lord and I'm going to get in His Word and I'm going to pray and I'm going to do that. The, the, that kind of spiritual discipline of just spending time with the Lord, I started that really in middle school. And you know what book of the Bible I started with? Proverbs. Someone told me that there were 31 uh, chapters in the book of Proverbs, and most months have 31 days. And so if you just did chapter one on the first, chapter two on the second, chapter three on the third, you could read the whole book in a month. And I just started doing that in middle school. And this began to shape my life. And so Proverbs and a series of Proverbs that we're in right now, I think it's a good time for us to remind ourselves of that. In fact, in just a little bit, I wanna encourage you, um, August, starts this week, that maybe the month of August, you would take that and say, August 1st, I'm gonna start in on Proverbs 1 and I'm just gonna devote myself to getting into the word of God in the book of August and, and really read through the whole book of Proverbs in this month. Man, I love the book of Proverbs. There's so much wisdom there for life. I was laughing in this, just as we've gone through this series, I just think if, if we really as a, as a city and as a, as a world devoted ourselves and took all the things in Proverbs and, and put, applied them to life, do you know all of our complaints about middle school? Like those of us that are older that have scars from middle school, if we obeyed Proverbs, we would not have those wounds. Like all the stuff we complain about social media and the idiocy that people throw out there, if people read and applied Proverbs, we would not have to complain about that. There would be more millennial jokes if we read and applied the book of Proverbs. Like all the things that we look at in life and just the stuff, the foolishness that we see, if we lived and applied the wisdom of Proverbs... Man, mean, our, our marriages would be better. Our workplaces would better, be better. Our schools would be better. Our lives would be better. Our families would function in a healthier way. There's so much wisdom here that we, I just want to encourage you to get in and to look at how you can apply it. And then when you don't, to run to Jesus and, and seek His help ask his forgiveness, seek his mercy, make amends with those you've hurt, and then run back to Proverbs and say, God, by your spirit, would you shape my heart and help me to learn how to live this out in an even better way? So that's kind of the heart of what we're gonna do today. Um, Sometimes I think our circle, honestly, our, our theological circle, I think sometimes so emphasizes our sin and brokenness and our need for Jesus that we forget that God has given us the Holy Spirit and his word to guide us and that he will actually change our lives. Um, scripture says, He who began a good work and you will continue to perfect it. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is, is, is a gift from God, not of yourselves, lest any man which should boast. For we are his workmanship. We're his work of art, created in Christ Jesus for good works so that he prepared beforehand that we might walk in them, the scriptures say. God saved you by grace but he also motivates you by grace and he also changes you by grace and he sends you out to do good works and to to live a changed life. And so part of our heart as a church is we just wanna help everyday people wake up to a deep, meaningful life in Christ and we believe that's possible. And as we build our lives on the foundation of God's Word, it's going to shape and change us. It's going to mold us. As I talk to my kids, it's man. Nan and I were talking this week, and we were just talking about, man, all the things our society faces and realizing, man, we want to disciple our kids. And we're thinking, man, we need to talk about this with them. We need to talk about this with them. We need to talk about this other issue with them. We need to make sure they understand what the scriptures say about this. And I was just reminding them yesterday, I thought, man, it can be so overwhelming. And what I know is, we are not gonna prepare every single thing. We're not, gonna, we're not gonna be able to pre-navigate all the decisions they make. We're not gonna, have to, we're not gonna be able to kind of preempt every hard thing they're gonna face in life. But what I know is if they love Christ and they love the church and they love his word and they have a relationship with him and they run to it, that he will carry them. And so we want us to be a people of the book. We wanna be a people of the word. Now, here's what I know. I'm a pastor. So I'm I'm kind of a professional Christian. Like I get paid to be a Christian in in some ways, right? And so you look at me and you hear me say that and you're like, yeah, you've done the seminary thing. You get a paycheck. Like you have to do all that. I want to do something different today. Something we haven't really done this before. I want to bring some people up today who aren't pastors, who are everyday people. And I want them to tell you about how the word of God has shaped their life and just some of kind of the way, the journey that they've been on and some of the things that, that God has been teaching them. And so if you guys would come on up, uh, we're going to have a panel today and do something just a little different. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, where is everybody? All right. Angela McBride, Chris, and Valerie Russell, and Chris Clark. Um, you you kind of get trumped in on that group, but you're, you're sort of a professional Christian too in some ways. But um, you guys come on up and take a seat. Oh, sorry. And these are people that I love and people that it's been fun to get to know. And um, we are going to sit up here and just have a conversation today and, um, and just talk through some of the things in which, uh, and really just ask them to share some of their history, share kind of how God's words impacted them. And then they're actually going to share one of their favorite Proverbs with you, uh, kind of as we walk through this today. And I think you're going to be super encouraged. This is a really neat uh, group of folks and, and some of my favorite people, and so I'm fun to get. Or I'm looking forward to learning from you, but I'm also looking forward to just sharing you guys with with these folks. Um, well, let's let's start out and get you guys talking. Um, Chris, you look like you, you're looking on. Are you ready to go? Yeah. All
2: right.
1: You don't have a mic yet. Once I get started, I might not be able to
2: shut up.
1: That's actually true. I, I believe you. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, and uh, let, let's go ahead and just introduce yourself. Tell us a little about who you are and kind of what you do and, and just kind of the high level stuff.
3: Yeah, great. My name is Angela McBride and I work in uh, North Oklahoma City with a friend of mine as a financial planner. Um, I also have three wonderful children. Um, my oldest daughter is Rachel and she will be a fir- uh, first year of graduate school at Texas A&M this coming fall. Um, my... Uh, son is Sean Mark. He'll be a sophomore at Baylor University. Uh, yep, yep. That's sick and bears, right? Absolutely. And um, my youngest is Joshua. He's here with us today. He is a, going to be a sophomore at Oklahoma Christian School.
2: Very cool.
1: Pass it over to Chris.
2: I'm Chris Russell. I grew up in Owasso. I've been in Oklahoma City since basically uh, coming up to get married to my wife Valerie here. Uh, we lived in dallas for a while ran into each other down there uh but we met when we were she was a freshman in college and i was uh roommates with her boyfriend at that time so uh it's an interesting situation it's amazing to see how god has uh moved that relationship along through the years um <laughs> i'm gonna let, you, let he's still, her he's still
1: among us though right what's that he, he's still among yes he's still he's still
2: still alive. Um, <laughs> I'll let her tell you a little bit about our three kids. I don't want to steal her thunder. I heard her practicing that a little bit. I work at Express Employment Professionals, and I've been there for about 15 years. I'm currently a solution architect, uh, web developer, pretty much anything in the space of of custom application design, development, database, that sort of thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to hoping that I can keep my thoughts straight up here.
4: Okay, so he totally went off script, so I'm going to do that to him as well. Um, I'm, I wasn't even going to claim him until afterwards, but um, I'm Valerie Russell, and um, he is my husband. I do have three uh, fun kids. Hopefully, they'll make it through. Um Major, Avery, and Gracie, so if you hear some loud commotion, it's probably them, because we're both up here. Uh, I teach every division math at Cassidy School in Oklahoma City, and I also work with the first through fifth graders here at Redemption. And the funny story about Chris is he had a take-home test at OBU, a statistics test that he could work with anyone. I was taking class with him, and he didn't turn it in. <laughs>
1: dang that's that's not in the book of proverbs just saying awake Waco sluggard no i'm sorry keep going (laughs) so did you
0: know that i too am chris russell that's my middle name little little tidbit for those of you who didn't know that but i am chris russell clark um Anyway, I am the worship pastor here at redemption i haven't always been in vocational ministry. Jeff was poking on me a little bit um, about seven years ago, I transitioned from uh, having some different businesses that I was running and just really felt the call of the Lord to move into full time vocational ministry um, and five years ago started uh, linked arms with Jeff and and started this church from the from the ground up and so um, it's been an amazing journey. I'm married. Uh, My wife is Emery. She sings with me. She's been out of the pocket a little bit because we just had a little baby girl. Uh, So after three boys and that whole world, we had a little girl and our world is just wrecked right now. So um, yeah, that's kind of where we are.
1: Good stuff. Uh, you know, we joke about being professional Christians or whatever. There really is no such thing. Biblically, we see that every, uh, that it, that every Christian is a minister, that all of us are in, inhabited by God, that God has saved us, redeemed us, called us, sent us out, and continues to nurture us by His Spirit and grow us up towards maturity. And so I think it's helpful, though, sometimes to break down because we get this kind of false thing between the stage and the people that are listening to the people on stage sometimes in churches. And and really that's just that like uh, you don't you don't really see that in this book. And so I, I'm excited about today because I want you just to hear about how God's been at work in in the lives of these individuals. And so Angela, start off and just tell us kind of what difference the Bible's made in your life and uh, what what your practices and kind of rhythms are in terms of Scripture Yeah, sure.
3: I mean, the first thing I want to say is that, you know, the Bible is really my primary, my main connection to God. Um, I'm just so grateful that it's there for all of us. Kind of funny, the first time I met Valerie was actually at Cassidy School. She and my husband taught together there for uh, a while. And that's how we first met. Um, my husband passed away about three years ago after about a six-year battle with cancer. And I would say that that was a time where God really solidified the importance of His Word in both of our lives. Um, during that time, I mean, we just devoured God's Word. Both of us were just searching for, you know, what, what meaning there was in all of it, what His path was for us. And I, I can honestly say during that time, God showed up. I mean he showed up in miraculous ways he um, he guided us through a really hard time but he spoke to us in such gentle merciful and personal ways um, I mean we've got amazing stories it was supernatural it really was and for me it was just um, re-solidifying the importance of being in God's Word of staying in God's Word because he uses it he uses every minute in God's Word um, whether you have a day that just, you know, doesn't speak wholly to you. I mean, he'll bring it back around through hard times and, and um, he will let you find him through that, through the Bible.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's, um, I've been able to witness that and watch that as we kind of walked with their family through that journey. And you did see this, this dependence upon the, the, their faith and on the truth of God's word and the promises of God's word. And um, it just was encouraging to me to watch you guys. You guys were a good example and uh, modeled for me what it looks like to trust the Lord and to run to his word and to depend on it. And so thank you for sharing that. He is faithful.
2: Yeah. Uh, a few services ago, Jeff had mentioned um, that a lot of times it's, it's not as if everything is, is uh, communicated well to people who are unbelievers or non, non-Christians people that come into church, and a lot of times the language is uh, a little over their head, a little hard to understand uh, if, if you haven't been in that environment your whole life. And as somebody that was in that environment my whole life and being around the Bible, there was still a lot of stuff that I didn't quite understand. And so what Angela was saying, that getting into the Word and just being able to uh, uh, read that and absorb it there were definitely times that you're reading it thinking, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't know what it means. I don't quite understand this yet. But then other times you can read it, and it totally applies to everything that you're going through at that given time. Uh, it totally can speak to you. But but one thing that I do remember about growing up is that I I really had to learn that the Bible really is the ultimate check and God's authority, even against things that we learn from other Christians, even against things that... That we feel, we feel a pressure to be who we aren't. I mean, the Bible is filled with examples after example of people who are just broken, people that are imperfect, people that you you wouldn't look at them and go, okay, like you said, they they are a professional Christian, they're really good Christian, and and that stuck with me growing up when. The culture around you sometimes can be like, you know, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. It, it, it's a formula. A plus B will ultimately lead to fulfillment in, in God's kingdom, right? And the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches just look to Jesus all the time and just rest on him. And and I go into the next question, you know, my, my rhythm I I'm not a good rhythm person and so I do struggle uh with you know staying consistently in the word and that for me is 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 something that I, I've struggled with my whole life just because I'm we talk about this book that we're going through where my personality is I can go start on a task and be totally pumped up about that task and then an hour later I've moved from three or four different things where I'm totally into this other task that I'm doing because I thought that that was really important at the time. And then I forget, Hey, wait, I actually started doing this, but now I'm totally distracted and over here doing this. So I'm, I'm a good example of like short-term distraction and moving on to things. But Uh, ultimately it's been a good check against that, against just realizing that uh, there's no need for me to be perfect and, and God gives us the church. I believe that we have times when we don't, we don't feel like worshiping. We don't, we come to church and I'm not feeling it today, but somebody next to you is feeling it that day. And you can absorb that off of them. And that that part of just staying in the Word is just, it's a consistent pattern and just kind of absorbing what God has to say to you at any given time. So, Good stuff.
4: Um, okay, so I, I didn't know exactly what I was going to share when he asked this question. And um, I truly believe that the Bible is the only hope, the only truth that we have. Um, and I, I knew I was probably going to cry. Like, the last time I talked in church, it was over 20 years ago, and I was, like, bawling. And I probably swore I would never do it again. Um, <laughs> so here I am. Um, so I grew up in church, and I'm super thankful for it. Um, I, you know, I think back. I could—I um, had Bible knowledge. I recited Scripture. And, um, you know, I had prayed the prayer. I had walked the aisle— um, I had decided to follow Jesus, and I never felt like my heart was changed. I, you know, every youth group, I was praying the prayer, and I knew that it's not how it should be. I was so unsettled. I was not at peace, and there was just this focus on that it was my decision, and whether I missed the boat at my church or that it was really what was being taught, it was just that it was all about me, and um, It wasn't until my 20s, and I was going through a study, um, and and the pastor, really the first time I really heard um, grace preached from the pulpit. And, uh, you know, I was dead in my sin, and I'm sitting there, you know, as an intellectual with a math degree, and I'm like, how could a dead person in a coffin reach up and grab life? Like, you can't do that, Valerie. Like, Like, he changed you, and it was God who who changed my heart? it wasn't me now now, yes, I had to respond, and I believe there's a relationship yet, but this all knowing all powerful God he he changed me, and so from from then on, it was by grace that I had been saved, you know not by my own works, so that no one can boast and you know in Romans, where no one seeks God there 's no one righteous, not even one, and so it was the first time that the Bible and scripture just came alive um, and it was, was I was thankful, right like I think I those of you that he 's talking about the Enneagram, um you know for those of you that are one, like like I was never going to be enough and and i I never prayed enough you know in my teens, even though I was in church i I never did enough, I never did my quiet time enough, and I never read enough and and I was never at peace, and so finally. You know, the Lord just grasped my heart and like, Valerie, you're never gonna be enough, and that's okay. And um, I'm super thankful. And so um now, now when I read scripture, it's all about him, right? And so if anything, I think I'm so thankful for our church, and I've been in reformed churches now, and and super thankful for that for but for teens to know that really it's all about him. Scripture is all about him and pointing us to Christ, less about us, right? And so I think that's, I think, what the Bible has meant to me personally. I know I've talked a lot, so I'm going to hand over the microphone.
1: So good. Good Good stuff.
0: Uh, Man, so good. I'm, like, encouraged listening to each of the three of you. Um, Angela, I think you started off saying, like, this is how I hear from God, and that's really what, I wanted to share is where time and the Word for me really took off was understanding for the first time that this actually is the way I hear the voice of God in my life. And um, I remember in high school, you know, kind of the same thing, just trying to figure out, like, what is this faith? Like, going to youth group and wanting, like, an experience when I opened the pages, but kind of feeling like, ah, uh, these are really hard things to understand, and I, I'm not quite sure how to bring all this together, and I'm doing my best, you know, and, and then I remember, uh, I just remember distinctly one morning sitting in my, in my truck in, in high school and going, God, you have to speak to me. Like, I hear that this is your word. You have to speak to me, and I remember opening the book of James, and the first, few chapter, or the first few verses in the book of James just rocked me. As a, I think I was a senior in high school, and it was just, man, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many times, because the testing of your faith will develop perseverance. Now, it, when I was a senior in high school, what I considered trials uh, were a little bit different. They still were, is very valid. Like, I was, I was experiencing heartache. I was actually going through some pretty hard things uh, within my family, too, but, man... The words just like leapt off the page for the first time. I remember sitting in my truck going, these are the words of life. Like, it's true. God does speak. Um, and I remember for the first time, like, m- wanting to memorize something so that I didn't forget it. And so I memorized that, that scripture, and it's been one of my favorite scriptures to this day. Um, and then kind of fast forward later in life, what the Bible has meant for me uh, is it's something that I can carry with me in every single circumstance of life. And I may not always have it in my hands, but I have I have it written on my heart. I may not be able to quote it verbatim, but if I spend time in it daily, then it's with me wherever I go. And when I face life circumstances, all of a sudden my default response is, "Oh, I remember the words of Scripture. I remember the words of God." And even when I'm not feeling it. I coach myself through those words until I do feel it. I say, God, would you speak again? Would you speak again? Remember that time you spoke to me? Would you speak again? And he's always faithful. That's, that's the beauty of the word of God is he's just always faithful. No matter where we are, right? In, in all of our life circumstances, he'll, he'll come through these words. Uh, life is in these pages, a river of life. And so we have to spend time
1: in them and in that river. Um, yeah. Man, good stuff. You know, I think one of the things I love as I listen, I hope that you guys see some of this, is one, that part of our salvation is that God calls us and His grace efficaciously works in us and His Spirit changes us and births new life and regenerates us, makes us new and then inhabits us and, and helps walk with us. And like a father he gives good gifts to his children. Like a father he disciplines his children. Like a father he sends the Spirit to comfort and to be our helper and not to leave us alone. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And one of the things that I love as you kind of hear this is you hear this need for grace. You hear this need for support and suffering. You hear this need for uh, you know, God to stir your heart, even in the midst of your scattered brain and everything else, and uh, God to to wake you up in some ways. And uh, I want to encourage you that, man, you may be in a place where you just look and go, and there's, I just don't get it. And and maybe, maybe you don't really know His grace yet. Maybe you're, you've are you not been made new. Maybe, like Valerie said, like I, you, you've gone through the motions, but you may need God to do a work in your heart to give you new life. And um, I mean, he will do that. He will do that. But you also may need to just continue to walk with him and to grow and to trust. And there's an ebb and a flow. There's an up and a down. And you see that in all the journey. One of the things, one of the things I love about Christianity is that God doesn't make us robots. Like you don't get saved and you're like, you know, you start doing like, all, like we all look alike. God comes to us individually. And I love how, how the word of God was applied to each of these individuals in the midst of, their own life struggles. And I want to encourage you that God will meet you where you are and he will work in your life. And so, and as you talk about needing God desperately during a a difficult time of um, kind of walking Mark into the arms of his savior, God was there for you. And as you, you know, I was, you know, I love what you brought up in terms of perfectionism, you know, uh, Valerie, and just like this desire to do this and god met you in a place that said you don't have to be everything i was everything for you and because of that you're free from that and you have to learn that and have to walk through that and chris the two chris's like we each have our own journeys right and so god meets us in our in a, in a different way um kind of where we are which is really really cool uh, one of the things that uh also we you know we talk about rhythms and and we didn't get into a whole lot of that because I think you guys wanted to share your heart which is the best but I know uh like for instance Valerie Chris says that early in the morning he gets up makes sure the kids are settled gets your coffee ready uh, goes and gets this perfect little place for you and that you're always there ready to have your quiet time because he's arranged everything and make sure not maybe not really that's not the way it works uh, he, i don't know if you should comment because i't I don't, I don't really need i don't, i don't want to do marriage counseling later right right, right. i d- don't need to do marriage counseling later so uh, but you know, we all need to find a time and a place and some way where we're personally seeking the Lord you know it's easy to try to live vicariously through the faith and the scripture reading of others, but what I want you to see in their stories is that that as they saw God and as they went into the word, God used the word to meet them where they were, to highlight promises that they needed at, at crucial junctures of their life. And at, at different times from their teenage years to, uh, to kind of beginning of life and uh, end of life and everything in between, God met them right where they were. And he will do that for you too. But you got to go You've got to get in His Word. You've got to run into it. And, and you've got to go hungry, devouring it, eating it, consuming it, that it might nourish you for whatever it is you're facing in life. And so that's the beauty of, of God and the Holy Spirit in us and a Word that we each can read. We live in an amazing time. Like, we all have Bibles on our phones. We have Bibles in our homes. we got Bibles all over the place. And so there's, there's not really a good reason not to run to it um, because we, we need it so desperately. Well, let's jump into some Proverbs. You guys want to share? To, you're asking. here's what I asked was just share one of your favorite Proverbs and kind of how it's impacted you and, and, and kind of what you've learned through that.
3: Yeah, sure. Great. Um, uh, during Mark's cancer battle, God us led go. me directly to this. Um, it was actually right after the diagnosis. Um, I'm, I'm a planner and an analyzer. <laughs> And so I thought, okay, we can we can tackle this. There's got to be a plan, you know, a medical plan, and and we can do this. We can do this. And I think what he's started to teach me was, yeah, I can do this. You know, that he had a big plan in all of this. And so this was one of the very first verses he led me to. A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there's victory. And we were definitely in a war. this verse, I mean, it's, it's, it was brought to me then, but God continues to bring it back to my mind all the time because I'm an analyzer, I'm a planner. It's like, if I have the perfect plan, then we can get through this, you know? And it's true. I mean, I think God wants us to be a part of his plan. And he expects us to study and gain knowledge and seek wisdom through his word um, and through observing. When I was a kid, um, I always used to hear the phrase, um, well, just live and learn. And I was like, "Hmm, I think it's interesting what Chris brought up because what I learned from actually reading through Proverbs was God doesn't tell us live and learn; He tells us learn and live, and He switches it around like observe, observe, watch, read, gain knowledge, and then live." And I, I always try to teach my kids that you know it's like, "Wow, I, w- I had it I had it backwards." Um, you do need to study, you, and and I think God brings people in our path to help help us gain knowledge, help us gain wisdom. Sometimes those are believers, and I think sometimes they're not even believers. You know, there's people with a lot of knowledge. Um, but the second part of this verse is one that he just always has to rattle and remind me of. It's, um, for by wise guidance you can wage war, and in an abundance of counselors there is victory. He doesn't expect us to do it on our right. own. He's got a body of Christ that's surrounding us. He's He's got people prepared in our path to help us find that right plan. And, and he's so much about the journey as much as he is about the final destination. He wants to walk with us. He wants to guide us. He, he wants the relationship with us. And no matter what our circumstances, no matter what the final outcome in individual battles that we have, he's going to walk with us. And he's going to provide us the wisdom. He's going to provide us the guidance. He's going to give us the people in our path to help us through that. Um, and he's ultimately in control of everything. Um, it's just one of my favorite verses of all time.
1: Yeah, oh, So good. Um, yeah, and that'll preach too, by the way. That'll show up in a sermon someday. Y'all hear that again. You know, it's not, it's not just live and learn, but it's learn and then live. Um, it's such wisdom from Proverbs and that. Thank you for sharing. Really, really good.
2: So, uh, yeah, one of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 1-7. It's probably a familiar, familiarly known Proverbs for a lot of of people. Uh, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And one of the interesting things to me about it is that of the verses that I know, that I feel like I've known my whole life, it's one of the few that I actually remember exactly. I'm not standing up to preach, by the way. Uh, I was just putting my water down. Uh, it's one of the few verses that I I remember exactly the context of where I memorized it, you know, what we were doing. It was in an eighth grade Sunday school class, just a boys' Sunday school class back home in Owasso. And it, it strikes me thinking about that and that kind of thing and the way that God really does... Just use, like, it, 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 he can set an idea in your mind and on, on your heart that will last with you throughout your whole life. Just, I mean, one, one Bible verse. And, and I'm, I'm never one to try to take things out of context, but a lot of times the Proverbs just kind of stand on their own as, uh, you know, they can, they can be so simple. Like this one goes on to talk about listening to the instruction of your father and not forsaking the teachings of your mother. So it's very practical and and how it applies. And it's it's Solomon writing to his son and and thinking of these things. But it's very practical. And you can you could tell somebody that and say, hey listen, um the fear of the Lord, first you have to figure out, okay, what does that really mean to everybody? What 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 do we believe the fear of the Lord is? I believe that it really is just a, a, a respect, a, an awe, a reverence of God, almost the way that if you uh, if you really were going to be making a big ask of your parents, like the type of kind of trepidation that you would feel in going to ask them for that. Like you're 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 in awe of the power that they have over you and what you can do, but you're going and you're seeking this thing that you want, and like how do you? How do I present things to God who's all-knowing? How do I go and just talk to him and say, look, I'm I'm having kind of this little deal that I'm battling uh, in a relationship or with friends. And you, you start to think, is it really that important? Do I really need to bring it up to him? Do I really want to bother him with this? So that's kind of kind of my little interpretation on the fear of the Lord. It's not, you know, you grow up thinking sometimes that it's this fear of, okay, well, you know, if you if you do not decide today to follow God, you're going to hell right now. Like that's I mean, I I feel like I sat through hundreds and hundreds of uh stanzas and calls to the altar growing up as a kid. <laughs> Just if you do not decide today that you well, Valerie was, I think, practicing this too. I have decided to <laughs> follow you. G- and you hear it <laughs> over and over. If you do not do it. Hell today. Um, walk out, you're going to get hit by a car. Hell today. You decide now what's your future going to be. So anyway, that's, it's not that kind of fear, I believe. Um, so I'm kind of rambling. I was going to say I have a lot of respect for people who actually get up and teach and keep their <laughs> thoughts very clear and <laughs> concise and do things in an order, and they actually end up saying what they're, they're wanting to say. Uh, but anyway, as I learned that in eighth grade... And <laughs> am I going too long? I told you, I told you this would happen. It just starts. You have these things. I put your next to She can elbow you if she needs to. So. so, anyway, it stuck with me that you know a proverb. They can they can pretty much stand on your own. You can you can you can get gain a lot of practical wisdom, but you kind of the more you learn about it, the more you realize how solid just that concept is. Of you know, look, it, it's just. Understanding who God is is kind of the beginning of just beginning to look at life in a way that God would want you to look at life. It's not, it's not a, I've made it past this thing, I fear God, but it's your attitude about how you just approach life. And, and just even the concept of, of fools despising wisdom and instruction as an eighth grader, you're starting to think that you kind of know everything. You kind of know more than what your parents know. And you realize that it's 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 not so much that our elders are always more wise, but they've gone through like wisdom comes from experience, and so kind of pushing off that knowledge and instruction from people who have been through these things. You say not it's not always just professional Christians who are preaching to you. Uh, it's it's like Angel saying. It can, be, it can be unbelievers. God uses so many ways to, to touch us and instruct us that really it's just that, that concept of just fully being open and just always a, a posture of humbleness towards instruction, his instruction coming in so many different ways. So, Good stuff.
4: Okay, so I, I didn't necessarily pick one of my favorite Proverbs, and. Um, but it was a proverb that I felt like the Lord has really just used this summer. Um, And it's Proverbs 8, 17. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. Um, And it's not a verse that I necessarily memorized growing up, but um, this summer we had a little scare with Gracie and um, her heart. So we just went to her annual checkup, And her pediatrician just kept listening to her heart. And so I knew something was wrong. You know, she's the third child and she never listens to her heart that long. And so um, she gets her down and she says, I hear something irregular, Uh, you need to go get an EKG. So I say, okay, Uh, we go get an EKG. And then the next day they call and say, we need you to go see the pediatric cardiologist. So you know, it's a little bit um, more serious. So it takes a few weeks to get into the pediatric cardiologist, and they do an EKG and an echo. But throughout that whole time, I was really at peace. And this is where um, this verse just kept coming to me. I knew that one, God loves Gracie way more than I do. Um, and he just kept reminding me um, that through this proverb. Um, so she where's this 24-hour monitor. Um, and normally I'm anxious, I will be honest. Um, I try not to be, but I think when it involves your children, it's really hard. I think that's, that's the time when something's wrong with your children, that's, it's hard. It's hard not to worry, um, you know. I, I, I try not to be anxious about anything, but I think when your kids are involved, it's really hard. But this time I was at peace. Not that I never cried, but I just knew that even if she was gonna have to have surgery, I knew he had her in his hand, and so she wears this 24-hour monitor, and we still have to wait a week, so it's about a three-week process. Um, in the end, she has, for those of you that are medical, I'm not, but it is a um, PVC, um, but it, it is, it's not all the time. There's a, I'm not, the word's not coming to my head, but it's not all the time, it just happens every once in a while. Or, I don't know, it's an I word. But anyway, see, I didn't bring my notes. Um, I printed off my notes, but I left them at home. So um, anyway, she's going to be okay. Um, uh, it's a regular, it doesn't happen back to back, and so that's a good thing. Um, but through this, um, the Lord just kept bringing Proverbs eight seventeen to me and reminding me that it's about relationships. So um, I love those who love me, um, and I, I think it's communication. So there is a part that we have to do in terms of, he's, he's waiting for us to talk to him on a daily basis. Um, and I think Solomon was writing this. And I think Solomon, early on, found that when he sought God, God gave him wisdom. And so like I like to read this verse, not that this is good um, pastor advice, so this is Valerie advice. But I read this and think, those who seek me diligently find wisdom. Because I think when you read Proverbs, It's all about wisdom. You know, those who seek me diligently find peace. Like, it was an overwhelming sense of peace that God was giving me during this time. Those who seek me diligently find joy, you know, in the times when you're needing joy. So this has been a precious proverb this summer.
1: Thanks for sharing.
0: So good. Um, So my proverb was, the heart of man plans his way. But the Lord establishes his steps. And uh, about 15 years ago, Emory and I were faced with a decision to potentially move our family. We just had a one-year-old, uh, or sorry, a six-month-old from California all the way to Oklahoma. We had to look where Oklahoma was situated on a map because we just weren't quite sure. We were like West Coasters. We kind of knew where it was. But, um, and man, we, I remember praying and talking together and going, We've got to have a sign from God. We gotta have, like, there's gotta be a way that we hear from Him. We're reading scripture, we're talking, we're processing in community, we're asking God to to, like, we're trying to do our best to follow Him, right? And and to, to do things in a wise way. And then this text came, and we just felt this freedom, like the Lord saying, It's okay for you to plan your ways. Like it's okay for you to make a plan and go ahead and move your family. I am the Lord, and I will establish your steps. You're not going to mess it up. And there was something about that that just has always stuck with me. And, it, and it's kind of one of those proverbs that's like, well, which is it? Am I supposed to make my plans, or is the Lord supposed to make my plans? It's yes. It's both and. He establishes our steps no matter what. And there's, But there's this freedom in that of, yeah, he has given us a heart that has desires, and wants to make plans. And so for whatever reason, this has just unlocked things for me in hard seasons when it's just like, I'm really, really seeking the Lord and I'm overthinking it. I'm overthinking it. I'm like, God, you have to give me this this specific passage or the, the sign from the burning bush. And he just says, remember, you can make plans. I'm gonna establish your steps. And so I'm still connected with him, but there's that relationship dynamic. So that one stands out to me.
1: Man, thank you guys so much for sharing. It's it's encouraging for me to listen to how God, how the Lord's worked in their lives, and I uh, hope that's encouraging for you. Um, man, if I could just encourage you guys, keep going. Keep keep trusting. Keep seeking. Keep uh, keep leaning on Him. Keep applying those things, and uh, God is using you guys to make a difference in the lives of your families and lives of this church and lives of uh, people around you, and, and so just thank you for continuing to seek, and and if I, could, if I could encourage you with something, can I say, keep going, keep seeking, keep trusting, keep leaning on him and on his wisdom, keep applying the things that he's said, and God's going to change you. He's going to grow you up and mature you. He's going to strengthen you and fill you up so that you've got something real to give. He's going to give you a deep, meaningful life that is going to, one, shape and mold you but it's going to shape and mold those around you whether it be your family your friends your coworkers, your neighbors and 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 god loves to build his people up and he sends them out to be lights into the world and so man, we want to be people who when they look at us they see his truth and they see it lived out in, in terms of our lives so can we just say thank you to our friends up here <laughs> you guys just Let me do this in terms of just wrapping this up. Can I give you two quick applications? And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Read your Bible. Get into it. Um, August starts this week. Maybe for you, you need a plan. And maybe a good plan for you would be to take it and just start Proverbs 1 on August the 1st. And take 31 days and work your way through the book of Proverbs. And if you do that, then, man, I'll give you some other stuff to do. Come grab me and we'll, we'll help you find some other stuff to do. But would you just commit as a people, that as we're finishing up the series in Proverbs, that we're going to be people that we get into the Word. We're going to be people of the book. Uh, and that you would just say, man, for the month of August, I'm going to try to get into it every day and just ask the Lord to shape my heart and to work in me and to to, to begin to give me a hunger and a desire and a thirst for more of His truth and more of His his presence and his life lived out in me and so I want to encourage you get in the word and then second second thing is our small groups are going to be kicking back up uh, one of the themes you heard in here is that um, when we learn on our own by getting in the word but we also God surrounds us with his people to help guide us And there's days when and you don't feel like doing it and sometimes you need a brother to kind of hit you on the back and go hey you getting in the word how's it going and you need some encouragement. And there may be times where you come up and go, man, I don't get what God's saying here. And need someone to help, encourage, help help you kind of understand that. And so, man, two applications as we're heading into a new year. Let's get in the word and let's get in the group where we're really connecting with the Lord. Let me pray for us. And Father, thank you for these friends. Thank you that you have called them, that you've gifted them, uh, that, you have, uh, that you've equipped them through your church. Father, thank you for the blessing that they've been to us today. Would you continue to work in each of their lives? But, Father, really for all of us and for those who aren't here, would you make us a church that is hungry for the Scriptures, It's hungry for for your presence, for your wisdom, that we might live in, in the flourishing fullness of joy that you desire for us. Father, we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.